You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
Living home. 
wasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere your To be overcome by 
Sometimes it's moments of brokenness which create the greatest transformations. Times where fear gives birth to faith, pain leads to healing, and chaos dissolves into peace. It's in these times we often see God more clearly. For in our deepest turmoil, He remains faithful. When our spirit is crushed, He remains strong. When our moment is too heavy, He carries the burden. As gold is refined by fire, we too are often refined by struggle. It's part of growing, changing, becoming. Lately, the journey has been difficult. Our breath has been labored. Our steps uneasy. But we stand in faith knowing who is leading us through this desert. The God of peace, the God of hope, the God of restoration. Hello, LWC Online. You know, you're such a blessing to us. You watch faithfully uh, every Sunday or throughout the week. And some of you are maybe watching for the first time. We want to thank you for being a part of our service today. Uh, it is the last Sunday of 2020. Can you believe that? And it's been a crazy year. All kinds of things that have happened that uh, we did not expect. But here we are. And this week, I thought it would be a wonderful thing for us to talk about peace Everyone is searching for peace, and we have a wonderful man of God that's going to bring a message to you. His name is Tim Wilson. Tim has been a pastor in Mexico City. He's been a pastor in Dallas, Texas, and now he's uh, one of the leaders here at Living Word Chapel. And I know that he's got a timely message that is going to speak into your life. And if you're searching for peace, Jesus is where you're going to find it. And so I hope you enjoy this message. I hope you're going to have a wonderful uh, New Year's. And I, I just believe that God has an amazing plan for your life. So enjoy this message. I'd like to thank Pastor James for the opportunity of coming and sharing with you what's on my heart. And I would like to talk about the peace of Jesus. That's really important to me, the peace of Jesus. Peace is a person. And that person is Jesus. And first I'd like to give us a definition of peace. Peace means sound mind, financial prosperity, divine health, emotional tranquility, calm assurance, overall well-being. I just like that. That's a definition of peace. But I'm going to tell you something. The definition of the peace of Jesus is so much more than that. And in order for us to get an idea of what the peace of Jesus looks like, I want us to look at three portraits of the peace of Jesus in his life. And if you have your Bibles there with you or else you have your app, if you want to just open up your app and look at it, we're going to be in Mark Mark chapter 4, verse 36 and following. And I want us to catch a glimpse of Jesus in the midst of problems and troubles. Peace 
he has over external circumstances that try to make people fear. And I know all of us in this year have had a lot of external circumstances that try to make our heart fear. But let's look at Jesus in the midst of this. Mark chapter 4, verse 36. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And I want to pause there to kind of give us an idea of how he was. He had been teaching a multitude of people for three days. And he had been healing the sick. He had been setting free the captives that were among them, that were demon-possessed. He had been doing this for three straight days. And that makes us wonder, well, how was he? He was tired. You know, Jesus, when he came and lived on this world, he walked as a man. And as a man, he got tired. Sometimes we don't bring that into account. He got tired. And that's how he was. And other little boats also were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Have you ever been awakened from a deep sleep when you're really tired? That'd be enough to rob some of us of our peace. I know it in my house it's happened. A few years back, my son decided he'd sneak into my daughter's room and wake her up early. And you could hear him sneaking in there and all of a sudden go, boo! And my daughter in the other room gave him a slap that was heard throughout the house. And you could hear him go, ow! Now, I don't know about you, but when, when you're really tired and somebody wakes you up, sometimes you're grumpy. Is that right? Well, I know it maybe doesn't happen in your house, but in my house it happens, and in me it happens. And we lose our peace. But let me show you Jesus. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now, how could you say that to Jesus? The whole purpose of Jesus' life was to rescue the perishing. Isn't that right? And here they're telling him, it's like an insult to him. Don't you care? How do we respond to insults? How do we respond at people questioning our motives? Well, let me show you how Jesus responds. Jesus does not respond to insult or rudeness the way we do. He doesn't let those things steal his peace. The peace of Jesus does not let you get offended or angry. Think about that a moment. That's the peace of Jesus. He just pretends like he didn't hear it. He just does not give it any place in his mind or heart to rob him of his peace. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. Now, why could Jesus speak to the wind and the waves and say peace? Because he was at peace. 
Think about that. How many situations in our life have we been in that have robbed our peace instead of us letting Jesus speak into those situations and say, peace be still. I don't know if you talk to yourself, but I do. Some people think it's a bad thing to talk to yourself. But sometimes I talk to myself and I encourage myself or I talk to myself about peace. Mr. Wilson, be at peace. I talk to myself that way. I call myself Mr. Wilson. I'm just trying to let myself know, hey, you know what? That thing that's trying to rob your peace, that thing that's trying to steal the way you're feeling right now, the peace of God within you, sometimes we've got to speak to it and say, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule in my heart and in my mind. I'm going to let it rule in me. John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm leaving you a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's two things that sometimes come at us that rob our peace. Troubled or afraid. Troubled or afraid. But Jesus has a peace that goes beyond that and it brings peace to our thoughts and our hearts. Ah, oh, isn't that good? Let's go on there where we were in Mark chapter 4. We're in verse 39. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Peace tries to put fear in our hearts. Fear is the number one thing the enemy wants to do to us to get us away from the peace of God. Fear. That's his greatest weapon. Fear. And yet, the peace of God overcomes every fear if we do something he's talking to us about here. First key to peace, faith in God. Faith in God. You know, the peace that we have in our hearts is conditioned on the faith we have in God. How big is our God? Who is God really to us? And here he's talking to his disciples that have been walking with him for a long time. Let me just tell you, in that boat were four fishermen. They made their living in the sea. That was their living. And yet these four fishermen were scared to death. They came and woke him up. They rattled him, but he could not be rattled. They startled him. But he could not be startled. He was at peace. I'm sure the rest of them that were on the ship that didn't have their sea legs, as we call them, I'm sure they were pretty startled too. Let's go to the second picture. Just one thing I want to add there. Verse 41. 
And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know who he was? He was peace. That's who he was. Because peace is a person. The person's name is Jesus. He is the prince of peace. That's who he is. Think about all those things that come at us and try to make us lose our peace. Anger, frustration, depressions, anxieties, worries, fears. All these things come at us and they try to rob our peace. They try to steal our peace. And I want us to go to the second picture or the second portrait of Jesus when we're talking about peace. And this is peace over internal circumstances that try to make us fear. Thoughts. What if? You ever had those what ifs? Man, tomorrow I've got this thing. What if? They try to make us fear. Thoughts, depressions, fears, worries, torments. Some people get into torment because they let their mind run wild in fear. That's where they go. But Mark chapter 5, verse 1 and following, let's look at another portrait of the peace of Jesus. And we got to catch this as a picture. They just are crossed the sea and are on the other side. And the moment they step out of the boat, remember they'd been through this great big storm. And a lot of them probably got seasick and are sitting there on the seashore kissing the land, saying, oh, we made it. And there they are. And they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran. And I'm going to stop there just a moment because we need to understand this. Can you see this spectacle of a man come running at Jesus? That was a sight. This man that is troubled, tormented, he's not dressed. He's completely disheveled, uncouth, and he comes yelling and screaming at Jesus. And the interesting thing in verse 6 is, he ran and worshipped him. Wow. What happened? What happened? What happened in that moment that when he got to Jesus, he worshipped? Think about this. Torment, captivity, uncleanness, rebellion, chaos, had an encounter with perfect peace. I know, I know if I was one of the disciples, you'd probably be thinking, hey, Peter, you hit him high, I'll hit him low. We're going to take this guy down. 
But Jesus was in perfect peace. He is calm as a cucumber, they say in Mexico. Doesn't move. He is so in peace that when this man comes all the way to him, the only thing he can do is worship. The second peace, or the second key to peace is worshiping God. What does worship do? Worship makes God bigger in my heart and in my mind. Because we can't make God bigger than what he is. God is already who he is. We can't make him bigger. But when I worship God, it makes him bigger in my mind and in my heart. And it makes him bigger than all my fears, my worries, my cares, my anxieties, my captivity, my rebellion, my chaos, everything that's within me. (sighs) Jesus is bigger. And worship is a key to peace. For my God, who is a great big God, He is capable of everything. And there is nothing that can stand in front of him. My God is in me. Verse 7. On Mark chapter 5, verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Wow. This man recognized him as the son of the most high God. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. Huh. I had to look this up in Google. If you look it up in Google, you'll find it. How many people are in a Roman legion? And if you look it up on Google, it'll tell you. There's between 4,000 and 6,000 soldiers in a Roman legion, not including the catapults, the ballista, the trebuchets, and other siege equipment that they used. So four to 6,000 enemies are inside this man. Four to six thousand demons are in this man. And when he comes to Jesus, he worships. My, my question is always this when I get here. And what keeps us from worshiping? This guy had issues. His issues had issues. He had problems. Big problems. And yet in the midst of all his problems, he could worship. And this is really, really important that we catch. The only thing that's going to keep us from worshiping God is our own will. The opposite of worship is self-exaltation. If myself is in my way of worshiping God, I've got a problem. And my will has got to bow to the peace of Jesus. 
Think about that. Verse 10. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we might enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Do you all notice that word permission? He's talking from a place of authority. You ask permission to somebody that's in authority. Jesus is in authority. The peace of Jesus is in authority. And they have to ask him permission. The enemy has absolutely no authority over Jesus. We got to remember that. Jesus is in here. I just need to remain in his peace. It's a free gift. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it. It's free. Come get it. It's a free gift from God. Verse 13, continuing. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 in the herd of the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Think about that. Huh. Somebody said that that's the first place that deviled ham appeared. I don't know if that's true or not. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion. And you got to see this. He was sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. And their response? They were afraid. Now, doesn't that blow you away? It's like they had become accustomed to the torment, the captivity, the uncleanness, the rebellion, the chaos, the screams, the shouts, all the things this man was doing. They got accustomed to it. So much so that when they see him sitting, clothed, and in his right mind, they were afraid. Are there things in our life that we've gotten accustomed to? And we've let them rob our peace. So much so that we have not asked Jesus to bring us his peace. We're accustomed to it. Oh, that's the way it's always been. My mom before me had the same problem. Oh, I remember her grandma had that problem. It's part of the family trait. Guess what? There's a new family. It's the family of God. And in the family of God, the peace of God reigns. The peace of God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And he wants to change our parameters. The things we're accustomed to. Verse 16, And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. And they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got in the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. 
However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know how you make an evangelist? He has an encounter with Jesus. And the encounter with Jesus changed his life in such a way that he had a story to tell. Pastor was talking to us about this a couple days, a couple Sundays ago. Each one of us should have a story. Each one of us should have something to tell others about what Jesus has done in our life and in our heart and how the peace of Jesus has changed us. Number three, sometimes our peace is robbed because we have physical pain and grief. We have rejection and weakness and physical torment. Have you ever had a pain that was with you so long? It just bothered you. It, it gave you torment. You had to be taking pills and you had to be isolated. When I was younger, I had migraine headaches. These migraine headaches were so bad, I didn't want to see light. I didn't want to hear sound. My vision got distorted and it was terrible. And as I was growing up, I had this pain almost once a week. I didn't know why. But living with pain, living with suffering, living with weakness, it robs your peace. It takes it away. How did Jesus handle pain and torment? I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 50. And we're going to look at a couple places in Isaiah as to the torment that Jesus suffered and the pain he suffered. Isaiah 50 verse 6. I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheek to those who pulled out my beard. Have you ever had a beard pulled out? That's not fun. That's bad. My back was beaten. My cheeks were pulled out of my beard. My beard were pulled out of my cheeks. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Ooh. Do those things rob peace? You ever had somebody mock you? Spitting in your face? But in verse 7 it says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. And what he's saying here is, because God is with me, I will not lose my peace. I will continue in peace no matter what they're doing to me. Therefore I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. He who gives me justice is near. Who will dare to bring charges against me now? Where are my accusers? Let them appear. See, the sovereign Lord is on my side. Who will declare me guilty? All my enemies will be destroyed like old cloths that have been eaten by moths. You notice the key here to peace? The peace of Jesus right here, the key was, I know God is with me. 
Have you ever had to tell yourself, Mr. Wilson, peace, God is with you. Oh, I like a verse. David has this verse. He says, God is with me like a powerful giant. Think about that. He's with me. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence. And he's talking about Jesus here. How did he grow up? He grew up in the presence of God. Like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. That ever happened to you? Oh, the reason you're sick is you're a sinner. Wow. That's not always true. There are things that come to us because we sin. If we walk in things we should not, we walk in drugs, we walk in alcoholism, we walk in all these things, there are consequences to it. But sometimes we are sick and we are hurt and we're ailing and it's not because of our sin. It's because we live in a world that is full of corruption. And in the middle of this world full of corruption, there are troubles, there are pains, there are sorrows, there are difficulties we go through. But think about this, God is with us. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away and have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was unjustly condemned. He was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the good Lord's plan to crush him. Ouch! It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Wow! For you and me. For you and me. Jesus was teaching us that no matter what you go through, there's a place of peace in the midst of it all. 
You see, the peace of Jesus is not a peace that you have just in good times where everything's going your way. The peace of Jesus is a peace that when everything's going bad, when all the difficulties of this world are coming at us, in that place, there's peace. Because we stand with God. His life was made an offering for sin. He will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Let me tell you something. Pastor has been talking about Romans. Romans says, everything works out to our good. Everything works out to our good if we walk with God. Oh, that's the third key to peace. The presence of God in you. You are a son of the man of peace. You are a son. Just like Jesus, you're a son. And you too can walk in peace because Jesus is in here. He is the Prince of Peace. And he gives us of his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is a spirit of peace. Every time we see the Holy Spirit in the Bible, it is a spirit of peace. In the midst of trouble and chaos and emptiness, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the world was empty, it was void, it was disorganized, it was completely dark. And then the Spirit begins to move upon it. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Spirit begins to move upon our life, when we give him permission to come into our life and to change us, peace comes with him. Let me show you a verse. I just love this. Mark chapter 14, verse 60. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? And verse 61, it says this, but he held his peace and answered nothing. Before I used to think that only said he was silent. But now, here they were beaten on him. If you continue in that same place, they beat on him. They blindfolded him, beat him with his fist. They jeered at him. They slapped him. They took him away and took him to Pilate. But let me tell you what was happening while they were slapping him and beating him and mistreating him. The only answer they got was peace. And the only other thing they got from him was a sweet fragrance. Now, why do I say that? We got to go back in the story a little bit further. Just a few days before, this sinner woman came to Jesus and bowed at his feet and poured out a very costly perfume all over him. I don't know if you remember the story, but this was a prostitute, but this was a prostitute that had been changed. She had encountered a man that didn't look at her for sexual interests but looked at her with complete 
purity and peace. And when she found him, the only thing she could do was bow at his feet and give the heart away. This lady pours this very costly perfume all over Jesus. And some of the disciples got all upset about it and said, Hey, this could be sold for a great price. And Jesus said, She has prepared me for the day of my death. So all these people are sitting there beating on Jesus. And you know what happens with costly perfume? It stays with you for a long time. And all these people are beating Jesus. And every time they slap him, you know what they'd get on their hands? Perfume. A sweet perfume of the man of peace. Think about that. What happens to us when we're in these circumstances? Most of the time, we want to respond. When somebody insults us, when somebody talks against us, when things come at us, oh, we want to get mad. We want to get upset. We want to tell them what we think about them. We want to do all this stuff. I'm hurting here. I'm going to respond. And Jesus, he takes it all with complete peace and answers with a sweet fragrance. Wow. That's the peace of Jesus. That's the peace of Jesus. And the reason he could have that peace as he was walking in the presence of his father. That's the third key to peace. We walk in the presence of the father. We walk with Jesus in our hearts. We walk with the Holy Spirit in our life. Peace comes from within us. Peace is a person. God is peace. At three o'clock, Mark chapter 15, verse 34. At three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? This is the only time in this whole story where we see him alter just a little bit. Because God turned his back on Jesus because of the sin and the guilt and the shame that he was carrying that was ours. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. That we, when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, can walk in righteousness. That's the only thing that altered him the presence of God wasn't there for just a brief moment. But let me tell you something. He will never leave us and never forsake us. Jesus was left for a moment so that we would never be left alone. It is our choice. It is our choice. To never be left alone. 
And I have an invitation for you. The Bible tells us that to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And as Pastor James says, it's as easy as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. I don't know about you, but I had to come to the point where I had to admit, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I am not a good man. I am a sinful person. I need a Savior. And I had to admit that. B, believe in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Believe in Him. Put your faith and your confidence in Jesus Christ. For He paid for your sin and my sin. He paid for your peace and my peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And peace comes through Him alone. And number three, confess Him as Lord. What does it mean that he's Lord? It means that from here on out in my life, God calls the shots in my life. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to be? I am your son. And as a son of God, I want to be obedient to you. I surrender my life to you. It's all yours. Take it all. And let me tell you something. When we give our life completely to God, the Prince of Peace comes in. And the Prince of Peace gives us peace to spare. There's a verse. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, in Luke chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be in this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Let me tell you something. God wants to give us peace that we can share. It's the peace of God. Let's listen again to the voice of Jesus. Listen to him say, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And if you want to give your heart to Jesus today, if you want to give your life to God today, I want to pray with you right now. Right there where you're at, as you're sitting in your living room or in your bedroom watching this, as you're sitting there and God's been touching your heart and working in your life and you have a conviction in your life that you need God, just pray with me. Say this, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. God, you know there's not been peace in me. I've been troubled. I've been confused. I've been hurt. I've been banged around by this world. 
I've been in difficult situations and I don't have peace, oh God. But right now, God, I ask you to take my life and use it to be an instrument of peace. And I just ask that your peace would come into my life and flood it right now. I just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I just ask God would bless you with peace in this coming year. God bless you. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.